Hi there, and welcome to another episode of You and Me, the podcast where we celebrate friendship. I'm your host, Camille Gallus. And as always, I'm so excited to introduce today's guests. Joelle Stangler and Abir Saida are two badasses that I've known since my time at the University of Minnesota. During my senior year, which was about four years ago, Joelle was our student body president and Abir was our student body vice president. That means they represented a Big Ten student body with over 35,000 undergrad students. Pretty impressive, right? And I'm always here for women in leadership positions. That's one of the reasons I wanted to interview them. I wanted to know what it was like to be best friends in an environment where everybody knows your name. Because in the Twin Cities political community, everybody knows Joelle and Abir. I have never in my life been in a situation where I had to introduce you contextually, ever. That's Abir. And here's Joelle. I don't think, I I think maybe the last time that that happened was like the first time you came to a particular meeting with me. Probably. And then it was like titles. And if I have to Mm. introduce a beer to someone, that person is irrelevant to me. (laughs) Literally, if they know me, they know Joelle. Because that's the thing. (laughs) Honest to God, I would say, you know, this is my friend Joelle. She is my best friend. I love her very much. She does a lot of interesting work right now. She's the political director at Take Action. Before, you know, she ran Ilhan Omar's campaign. Maybe you've heard of Ilhan Omar. I was VP under her in student government when we were in college. Um, I think she's a brilliant mind. She's better than everyone that I know. So I hope you have the time of your life getting to know her. Uh, this is a beer. I am so lucky that she chose me to be her best friend of all of the options. Great. Love it. Um, (laughs) We went through some really traumatic things in undergrad. Ask us about it. And she has better taste in food, comedy, TV shows and all things more than I do. I just work a lot. So my intro was really boring. We trauma bonded. Ask me anything. Yeah. We trauma bonded. Ask me anything. Yeah. I've never. Oh, my God. I can't believe we have not introduced each other. There's literally never been a time in my life where I've properly had to introduce you to anyone. That's so weird. Joelle and Abeard's trauma bonding, as they put it, first began in student government, which at the U of M is called the Minnesota Student Association. You might hear us refer to it as MSA. Joelle is one year older than Abeard, and she actually interviewed Abeard for an internship with MSA. That's where their story starts. You interview a beer. You got you got the internship. I'm just moving us along. <laughs> you got the internship. Okay, so how did you become like supervisor intern to friends? So I know when we became friends. When? when 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 I thought we were friends. I don't know if you thought we were friends yet. I thought we were friends the minute that we. I hope you remember this. We were in the MSA office and we were there past when Kaufman closed. And Kaufman's a student union. And I don't know why we would stay there so long. We were not healthy, balanced individuals like any of us. Um, We were there past when it closed. And at the time, you could, like, shut the doors to the office and turn off all the lights. And then the custodial staff would come through. And if you were quiet enough, is this right? Do you remember this? (laughs) They would, like, pass. They would do their pass. And then they would just not be on that floor for the rest of the night. So you could stay overnight in Kaufman if you wanted to. 
And so we wanted to stay there late. I don't know why. And I remember hiding under a desk in that smaller inner office with you. And we argued about feminism under that desk. And at the time, embarrassing time in my life, I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you remember exactly what I said. Um, so feel free to jump in. But I remember arguing about it. And then I remember leaving after we were like, haha, we have thwarted the custodial staff. And then I thought we were friends from that moment on. And you actually probably thought we weren't friends from that moment on. That's so funny because I, I remember that conversation. I don't remember that context until you just filled it in, which is true. Yeah, we would yeah. hide from the custodial staff and, and stay late. We were literally under it. How sure. often did you stay late? Uh, I stayed late a lot. It was not good. We, we, through Joelle's final year when she was a senior, we stayed like past closing of the building relatively frequently. Wow. Um, sometimes just to be funny though, not, not necessarily because <laughs> we were. Just a high under desk. Yeah, just a high oh, under desk. It wasn't because we were working. It was because we really didn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do remember that story. That is not when I considered us first friends um, in part because she was a woman who didn't call herself a feminist and I was 17 and stunned um, yeah and like a G was major at that time or something and a, yeah, yeah and I was studying gender studies and like I, I had moved from Texas and had a lot of feelings about a lot of things that grew up at very quickly and evolved to be smarter but they I had a baseline coming in and you also identified as a libertarian. I'd just like to out that for the record. That was a brief moment of <laughs> at my that really time. Yeah, job. I know. I know. You came <laughs> in at like a very interesting sliver of evolution. Uh, so that is not what I considered you a friend. Uh, I considered you a friend when, um, and this is this is the same time I considered her, her her a friend was the same time I think a lot of tables turned for me in my like university experience which was when student government, when as a freshman under different leadership, was advocating for increased police presence in Dinkytown, which is an area near the U of M, um, because of like burglaries or like break-ins or something. And these two women of color came to the student governance, student government office, confronted the president who was there wow. very gently um, and just said, you know, this you you believe that this would increase our sense of safety, but it actually decreases our sense of safety. And Joel was there um, right next to the president and sort of handled some of the more um, evolved part of the conversation that needed to happen with those two. And when they left, I pulled Joel aside and there were a couple other interns that were there. I just observed it happen. And we ended up having a conversation about really, I would say, very elementary conversation about mm -hmm. student government and inclusivity and race. And Joelle listened um, and gave me a very immediate sense of I was being heard and there was an interest in doing what I was saying. Um, so for me, that was to me when we first became friendly Friendly, not even friends. <laughs> Friendly. I was like, oh, we hung out under a desk once. We're friends. It's so funny. And my parameters for friendship are very, very, very intense. And Can you define them? Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I could define them. I have no, I feel like you have to, like, this is super messed up, but I feel like the people I consider my closest friends are people I trauma bonded with at some point. Mm. <laughs> and when we trauma bonded is when I was like, oh, that is my friend for life. 
and then in in between then it was like acquaintance and like friendly mm-hmm. and then like friend but then it was like when something happens is when I'm like that's a close friend which mm-hmm. is messed up but that's just my reality that's so funny that's most of my friends in undergrad I guess I mean like yeah yeah trauma bonding very, trauma bonding yeah how did you and Joelle trauma bond <laughs> you can pass um we I mean there were a lot of there was like a lot there was a lot there was yeah incidents there were student government incidents there were interpersonal incidents there were personal incidents there <laughs> there were shared experiences there was shared observances and so those and those happened relatively fast I would say by the end of my freshman year which was the end of Joelle's sophomore year and when she was running for her first term as presidency is around the time I would say I started to feel close to her oh so um what makes your friendship with each other different than your friendship with other people? I would say our friendship is unique in the friendships I have because I've been able to share on like virtually every experience in my life like a beer has shared that one. Like I have friends who are like social friends who I can hang out with relatively easily. I have friends who we like intellectually connect and have similar ideologies and beliefs. And then there are friends who like fall into similar patterns of life. Like we are both in a workplace or we share a hobby. And I feel like you have fit all of those at some point. And that's distinct from other friendships. And I think there's a thing where like, if you have such a similar shared experience, um, it's so funny whenever I talk about student government, I actually feel like someone who can't close the high school yearbook. But when you <laughs> but when you are in a role like that at a Big Ten school, it is so much responsibility and it is so jarring. And to have someone who like shared that with you is like kind of trauma bonding and like a bigger bond of an experience. Um you know, like I think akin to like what it might feel like to be in like a really tight knit like PhD cohort or something similar, like um, where you're spending a lot of time together and like wrestling with really hard stuff all the time. I felt like your senior year, my junior year was a hard year for mm-hmm. student government and we got hit with some shit. I know we would have gotten so much more done. <laughs> we would have gotten so much done if we didn't have to focus on some of the other stuff that happened. We had the 9-11 resolution, which asked oh, for I a, remember that. Do you too. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, asked for the commemoration of 9-11 right. on campus, but it got rejected because it was poorly written. And in my opinion, intentionally poorly written so that it would result in the results that came. And someone gave a quote to the press that was exceedingly honest and resulted in more bullshit. Um, and we were on like Fox Wait, was News. That you? No. Oh cut yeah. You cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> Probably cut out everybody's <laughs> names. That's so funny. Um, there were things that went around in the press. We were on yeah. Fox News. And then like two months later, the uh, the Israel Palestine stuff happened and I was running in the election. So here's some context in case you didn't attend school at the University of Minnesota between 2015 and 2016. When Abir mentions the Israel-Palestine stuff, she's talking about two resolutions that were brought to MSA, the student government, at the exact same time. A student group called Students for Justice in Palestine brought forward a resolution calling for the university to divest from some companies operating on the West Bank. At the same time, a student group called Students Supporting Israel brought forward a resolution that would condemn anti-Semitism on campus. And all this was happening while Abir was running to be student body president for the following year, 
while she was currently vice president. So yeah, there was a lot going on. Oh my God, it was so much. And so when that year finished, and you and I had talked about this, when that year finished, I was like, this all better not have been for nothing. Like, I better get to use these stories in a job interview one day. Like, I better I yeah. better jump the gun when I get out of college. Because if I if we went through all of that, like, I genuinely had this moment of like, what we went through requires a degree of like self-congratulations that we made it out without for me personally I was like I'm glad I made it out without killing myself like mm. it was some fuck shit yeah it was bad um and like my in terms of how our friendships differ the only friendship I would say that I share similarly than the friendship that I have with Joelle is my friendship with Sam Marlowe who was my VP because of a relatively similar sense of like a shared traumatic set of experiences but even Sam and I were a little different because Sam and I weren't friends weren't close friends or weren't really all that friendly when we first met not that we had a problem with each other we just didn't connect Um, but Joel and I connected when I was a freshman so we had more time together and my other friends I feel like all of my friends share that we shared some experience together the place where Joel and I's friendship differs for me similarly in that you've been a part of quite a few different sectors of my life. Um, I would say that with Joelle, there is actually very little shared uh, physical work. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of shared intellectual work. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't Mm -hmm. have, we don't, it's not like we were like in a cooking class together. We like go jogging together. And uh, one time I tried to play volleyball with you and I wanted to murder you. Um, (laughs) If she plays board games, I like question my friendship with her. (laughs) I don't. I, I just want you to know. I mean, a little bit. I know you do. Our dynamic shifts I when don't. we play board games. I genuinely don't. <laughs> what I get irritated. We play together. Um, None. <laughs> <laughs> Our friends host lovely board game nights, and a beer so graciously joins us. I, I, yes, I've graced them with my bitter and unhappy presence. <laughs> I am not competitive. She is. So we we never had those things in common. But whenever we hang out, we like we'll just literally talk for hours. That's all we do. We have no <laughs> rituals, by the way. So we you can, can skip, skip that, that question. question. <laughs> we don't do shit. Like we <laughs> we sometimes eat good foods. I have I've invested I, in knowing better local food options. That's how much I care about you. Aww. I've never really cared about food that much. Joelle's, Joelle's, among her various qualities that I admire and also wish I had, number one, I would say, is that she is supremely thoughtful in terms of how she engages in the relationships that are around her. And I think that is due to hard work that she has done. I am not. Um, I am not thoughtful. I don't want to do that hard work. And frankly, it exhausts me. Um, and so one of the best traits of her is she, for, like, if you asked her right now, what are the, like, what are my love languages? How do I like to be seen? Like, how do I like to spend time with people? She'll probably tell you them and she'll get them right. And then she'll invest time and energy into getting those right. For my birthday, she got me a hot sauce subscription box. And for anyone who doesn't know me, that is a very good gift. <laughs> it's, Excellent it's the gift. gift. <laughs> it is the gift. I'm still getting hot sauces. Um, it's great. And so she like she has 
built an effort into finding things for us to do together. I have simply remarked for several years that we don't do normal things that best friends do together. We should go get our nails done. So like one time we went to get our nails we done. We did get our nails done once. But the thing was we were very disengaged in the nails and very engaged in talking and you chose a very neutral color and I, I was like, well, this is less fun like now. clear <laughs> nail polish and I was like, you just well. file them. I don't know. And then we just chatted and I could tell the people that were doing our nails were like, these bitches like <laughs> shut up <laughs> but we don't do anything together we're trying we're trying to like build experiences together mm-hmm. and joelle really likes doing things with people that's really important to her sometimes so, go to like events together like it's like a but we talk so much no i stand by the fact where i don't think we're a very normal set of best friends like she there will uh, yeah that's primarily on me, though. <laughs> I think she would want to be very normal best friends, but I think I'm just, I have some behaviors that need to be addressed, but that's for later. Okay. <laughs> so, so we you... also, like, kind of, I think, okay, sorry, one, sorry, one quick thing. <laughs> I think a hallmark of our best friendship, and it's, like, not a thing that we do, and it's not as strong as it used to be. We should really invest back into us. But there was, like, a several years where there was, like, a brand of our friendship. Like, yeah. What yeah. do you mean? Like, this is going to sound so stupid and so, like, stuck. <laughs> are you making eye contact with me because it's going to sound stupid to me or sound stupid to all oh, two to the people listeners. that are going to listen to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the zero <laughs> people. Your mom and, um, like, one of my friends. Oh my <laughs> That'll be like, yeah, so we care about their friendship. Funny. <laughs> um, yeah, there was, and like, Camille. a period of time where we, like... I was just like, we would like lean into like the J and A brand, yeah. like where we would like post about each other or like snarkily reply to each other's Twitters yeah. and stuff. And like, that was very much a thing. Yeah. But I think we've just grown up. I know, but it was fun. It we was fun. We should do it again. <laughs> we were told every once in a while that people shipped our friendship from afar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, that's the word. That that's was very, I was like, that's all I need in life. Is- it, what was that like? Like having this like really public friendship, like you ran together, people knew you were together. That's how I knew of you guys being together was your candidacy. I would say anyone that knows one of us knows the other, mm-hmm. uh, including in our lives post-college, at least for me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, no, that's that's the same for me. You ran into my, we when we were at St. Paul Beer Fest, my boss was there and my boss knows of Joelle because she knows of me. It's kind of a package. Also, people have t-shirts with our names on That's them. true. People do have t-shirts <laughs> with their names on it. Um, I don't, I we should make new I, ones. We should make new ones in a better color. They were in a dark blue and I hated it. Um, I think that having a semi-public friendship or at least a, a friendship that people knew about where we didn't know the people um, was mostly fun. Yeah. For me, it was always fun. And to this day, it's like also Joelle has continued in like so many interesting adjacency to traditional power. And because of that, there will be people that I don't expect or probably shouldn't know me that will know of me because of Joelle. And that's a very fun and cool experience. Um, And Joelle was also very thoughtful always from the beginning, including when I was just a freshman, about pulling other people into spaces with her. Um, and like uplifting them and setting them up for success. And so in some of that manner, yes, like our friendship was semi-public, but also she did the work of like, it wasn't just people knew of, it was like, Mm. this is a beer. She is my best friend. And here are her like talents and other things that are uplifting that she would always do. Uh That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, What do you admire most about the other person? Oh my gosh. 
Um, I so I said earlier that I admire her thoughtfulness and her the conscious effort that she's put into understanding herself and how she is and under like interpersonal relationships, whatever they are, and with how much she she just tries to understand what people need and shows up. And any feedback I have ever given, and I am very constant in my feedback towards people, <laughs> she has just taken and done with it. Um, so I admire that. When we were in college, I used problematic language to describe what I would now describe as she is ex- she has an ideal image of the world and she has ideal images of a situation and she will persevere on them in a level that I did not comprehend and I considered I used to call it delusional. And oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I used to describe her I behavior. I always took it as a compliment. It was a compliment, but I also think it's a little ableist. No, it's fucked up, but it was I always took up. it as very But very it was intended to be complimentary just in a package that I think is problematic now and I understand that now. Um so she used I mean the examples that I had and I still have are like when she has an idea of a future for people, a future for herself, a future for the world, a future for a project, a future that I would be like, that's not a real, that's not like a sustainable future. Then she'll just like go and do it and you'll be like, oh, like does believing in these things just mean that they manifest? Like that's astounding. Um, So I admire, I think, those two things the most. Yeah, and you're very committed. Like she is, when she commits to something she commits to it and she has a um work ethic that is unlike mine (laughs) you always say that it's like it's it's fascinating um okay other than everything what do i I admire about a beer i do i'm a scorpio and she's a cancer Uh, it's it's a source of conflict um (laughs) what oh man this is this is actually very challenging because i could like go I'm just going to pick the ones that come to mind right now. So I think the things I admire... Oh, my God. Am I going to cry? Don't look at me. Oh, my God. Um, stop. I'm so sensitive. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just love you so much. Um, the things I admire most about a beer... One, I have never met someone... I don't know if you feel this way by yourself. It's so funny. Um, met someone with, like... Um, like, with such great clarity of thought and conviction and belief um I think a beer is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my whole life mm, I feel the same way about Joel. um so I would I used to say that the two smart the three smartest people I know are Joel and my father and me <laughs> right exactly so she's like I'm just saying things she already knows that's great um my in extreme, extreme and toxic self-confidence is that? <laughs> no, I mean, you are, you are like, you are an intellectual, you are one of the smartest people I know and the ability to take a set of complex ideas and rip them apart and put them back together and make connections between things and distill it down to, in a way that people can understand. I mean, I think it makes sense to me that you work with students and youth in a very challenging conversate like in a challenging um like topic area like diversity and inclusion in the world that we live in right now with like a varied set of people and beliefs and backgrounds from all over the state and you just do it with such like conviction and grace it's amazing to me and then the other thing I admire most about a beer which is something I wish I had more of was like just the ability to like enjoy things that are 
pleasurable and like bring you joy. <laughs> Which is funny because you, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you like was just sort of like, I want to get, like, I want to go to school and just study like pleasure and yeah. joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like food and comedy and. I know those are the first, I mean, those are the biggest things that come to mind. I think um, I once unpacked with her. Joel is also, like, semi my therapist. Um, I once unpacked with her that, like, most of my life has been around about navigating away from pain and towards joy constantly, which I didn't quite realize until I said it out loud. And yeah. that was a very interesting revelation. Interesting that you admire that because I would say that you were, huh. You, oh, I, like, admire, I admire it a lot and I notice it. I just don't, like, have it. It's very hard for me to sit and be like, Oh, this food is really great. <laughs> she once described. She once said out loud that <laughs> don't tell this story. <laughs> she once said out loud that I eat food to live, and the fact that a person would say that to, to in in my life funny. was astounding. And I once learned that the only food she really has a joyous opinion about is Eggs Benedict and like hollandaise sauce. And so my whole life, I'm like, okay, so can we get food? I'll, I swear to God, they have Eggs Benedict. Like, <laughs> This literally happened the other day. Yeah. Literally the other Louisiana, day. You had yeah. leftover Eggs, Eggs Benedict. Benedict. You were like, I have food at my place. It's Eggs Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, a beer talking to me about food is like a distant father or parent, I should say. Probably just not a father, but a distant parent who doesn't really know their kid, but like knows one thing they Wait, like. Wait, who's the parent? Wait. No, no, oh. just like in <laughs> theoretical, like just like any parent who like doesn't super know their kid oh. very well and oh. like, but knows maybe one thing they liked mm -hmm. a long time ago and like really leans into it. That is how a beer has to exist with me when it comes it's to food. Yeah. I was just like, what time she said life. she likes Eggs Benedict. I have screen, I have like asked her like, what do you enjoy? And then I've screenshotted it and saved it in my Google Photos for, like, ever. And if it changes, she's going to need to text it to me so yeah. I have a reference point. <laughs> and I think, okay, the last thing I admire about a beer is, I think she does this with everyone, but she has done this exceptionally well with me, which is her ability to, like, hold up a mirror to you and point out the things that she notices, both, like, the things you're good at and that she admires, and then the things that she sees standing in your way, like... Um, one of the things that has, like, stuck out most to me was um, – this is mostly, like, I had a very unhealthy relationship with work. And a beer has, like, consistently said, like, your relationship to things that are pleasurable and fun has been, like, really important for you. And it's, like – I, like, remember the, like, wise things a beer says more than I remember things that my mom says or my therapist. Like, it's just, like, most of the guiding things that are, like, good reminders for me come from her. Oh. Aw. That's very sweet. Yeah, no. Okay, now we get to do the fun wrap-up stuff. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, is this the... Oh, I'm so jacked for this. <laughs> I, I, like, thought about these and what they might be. I'm, like, nervous. Okay, so... She's a I'm... better driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can skip that one. Um, okay, so this is a speed round. <clears throat> so just real quick, first thing that jumps to the top of your head answer who who's the answer to this question so it doesn't you have, do we to, go, have to say them at the same time or do you want us to go separately this is the first time i've done this so let's just see what happens okay who gives better gifts joel me <laughs> who makes plans to hang out joel ah uh, i think it's been more even lately yeah that's actually fair who gets the party started joel 
One, except for one Halloween, Abir really got the party started that Halloween. Halloween is my what happened? What happened? You come to life on Halloween. I do. Halloween is I straight up rise from the dead. Um, But otherwise, Joel is a fun person to be at with parties and in general around anything. I am negative. Uh, If you're traveling to gather somewhere new, who you want holding the phone with Google Maps? Oh, uh, me. Well. I would say me because then you're driving and we're safer. But or Ooh, good point. Or like, yeah. I, I think if we take it from the lens of who's finding the fun things to do, I would find the things to do. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who's the first person to lose their keys? Joel. Me. Mm-hmm. Who makes better food? A beer. Me. <laughs> who's the most likely to leave you on red? Joel. Oh, yeah, me. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. What? No, you, you actually, you respond pretty well. I was like, no, that is me. <laughs> That's what I We got. once had to ask you to turn off your raid receipts. Oh, because it was so offensive. Yeah. Because yeah. at least, like, I mean, at least when it's delivered and no raid receipts, you're like, maybe they just haven't seen it. Maybe That's they're fun. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. My name is Camille Gallus, and I was the host and executive producer for this episode. Meredith Gallo is our associate producer. This episode was recorded at the Glenn Nelson Center. Thanks very much, Glenn Nelson Center folks. If you like this podcast, please follow us on Instagram. Our handle is youandmepod, all spelled out. <laughs>